Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special guest today is Deacon Bob Hoffman. And we're going to be talking about the diaconate. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so, Bob, Deacon Bob, thanks for coming in. Uh, you're very welcome. So I thought what we would do is we'll talk a little bit about uh, what does a deacon do, go through maybe the history of deacons or just very briefly, but more so we really want to focus on um, men discerning to become deacons because I know you currently are going through a process of trying to start up a new class. So you're going through retreats and that type of thing. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Uh, every two years, we will have a uh, what we call a recruitment year at the St. Francis School of Theology for Deacons. And we are in the recruitment year, which means for the entire year, once a month, we will have discernment retreats for men that are feeling that they have a call to be a deacon. And so the class would start in 2019 in the fall? Is in that the, the plan? Fall. Yeah, in September. In fact, we start in the first one or two weeks in December, or in September, excuse me. And uh, uh, 2019 is the next class that we will be starting with. And that means their ordination, God willing, would be in 2023. And I know that sounds a, a long way away, but I remember thinking mine, too, and I thought, oh, my gosh, 2017. Wow, that sounds like eternity. I know it does, especially when you're in classes and they're hard and they're uh, taking a lot of your time. And it's like going to college. You think, when is this going to be over? But it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful uh, conversion, if you will, over and over again as you get closer to Christ. It does, and I and I can attest uh, myself how beautiful it was. And the four years, I thought were going to go slow. They actually went it went pretty quick. And I hated college the first time around. I was just glad they let me out. Uh, but this was a you, little you bit were, easier. And you were surprised they let. I you was out, surprised right? they let. My parents were very pleased uh, because they didn't want to have to support me the rest of my you life. Cut so, off the funds. Uh, I, I know prayer works because they must have been praying very uh, very uh, often and long to make sure that I got out. Um, well, I'd have to say this is a much different type of school when you're in yeah. seminary. Uh, this is a, a school where you are attempting to understand your faith. You're attempting to uh, follow the call that God has given you or that you believe that God has given you for the diaconate. And the role of the deacon is such a special role within the church. Uh, that um, it is a, a beautiful holy orders to uh, to sacrament to go through. And I know for me personally, um, because I could never match clothes, my wife was thrilled <laughs> that I don't have to ask if the black pants match, match the black shirt. It was so bad at one point my daughter said, Dad, just wear it with confidence because you have no hope of being able to match clothes. So there was that added blessing. That's uh, quite a blessing, yeah. Uh, in terms of not having to make that conversation every single morning like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. um, so we were mentioning uh, deacon. So how does a deacon serve the church? You know, the deacon has a responsibility, of course, to the archbishop. In fact, the deacon's role in the archdiocese is what the archbishop determines that role will be. However, uh, the diaconant has a threefold ministry of the word, the Eucharist, and charity. So what that means, of course, is that the, uh, the deacon proclaims the word of God, proclaims the word of God not just at the Mass, 
but in numerous situations where it is appropriate. So he proclaims the word of God. Uh, he also, at Mass, would have the opportunity to proclaim a homily, uh, if that is the desire of the pastor, and it is certainly the desire of the archbishop, at least once a month, for the deacon to proclaim the homily. Uh, he assists at the Eucharist uh, in the liturgy of the Mass, and, uh, and probably one of the more important areas, I will say, is ministry, is charity, because every deacon is not only assigned to a parish, but he is assigned a ministry outside of that parish, and that is usually where the archbishop deems that uh, help is needed. Right. And so that could be anywhere from being at a hospital, a shelter. I mean, there's numerous opportunities to Prison go out. ministry. Right, to yeah. go out and share Christ with the, the world, because the archbishop's actually in charge of everyone in the archdiocese, not just Catholics. Correct? And he so depends on his deacons to carry that message. Right. So I think that's it's a good uh, synopsis of what a deacon does. Um, who can be a deacon? What are the requirements if somebody were to discern uh, that aside they wanted to— Aside from being Catholic? Well, aside, well Catholic would be good <laughs> that would for be more good. than five minutes. That would be even better yet. Maybe five years. Or five bit, years. Yeah. <laughs> but age-wise, I mean, Certainly. What, what, are, what are some of the requirements so that somebody's listening, hey, I fit into that? You know, that's interesting that you would ask that question because I actually— um, in the, in the dio- Archdiocese of Denver, you have to be 35 years old— at the time of your ordination. So you can start, of course, at 31. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the USCCB has said that you can, or actually Rome has said that you only need to be uh, 26 if you're unmarried and 35 if you're married. Okay. But the USCCB has said, no, it needs to be 35 whether you are married or unmarried. And the upper age is you have to be ordained, you have to be in classes prior to your 61st birthday. Okay. Okay. So those are good parameters just to get an idea. Then the all, you know, and so for the permanent diaconate, the vast majority, not everyone, but almost everyone, were married prior to coming into Most of them are, yes. The men that are coming into the discernment retreats uh, this year, in the past two months, uh, we've had about a 70% married and 30% not married. Oh, I would have thought it had been even higher than that, like Uh, 90% married. It would normally be. So this is a rather unusual year. Now, there are some restrictions on that. If the man is not married and younger than 50, we are instructed to push him towards the seminary for priesthood. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably important to make a distinction between the seminarian deacon, mm-hmm. uh, which is called a transitional deacon for that last year prior to the ordination into the priesthood. Uh, and it, but it's also important to note that a transitional deacon, whether you're going on to the priesthood or a permanent deacon, they are exactly the same as far as the church is concerned. They, they are serve both. in the same capacity, they do serve the same, same things. Diaconia, you are a servant. That's the Greek word for servant. And that is what you are to the church and to this archdiocese is you serve the people of God. That is your calling. Uh, and that sometimes takes a little bit of spirituality year um, discussion. Yeah, because I would imagine it, so. In our society, we're not used to serving. 
Uh, we're used to being served, but <laughs> we're not used serving. To being served, yeah, and, uh, rather than uh, serving. Uh, every priest, every bishop, archbishop, the pope is a deacon first and is still a deacon. And that's important to remember. Their diaconia, their, their call to serve is no different throughout all of those in holy orders. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make just so people understand uh, what it means to be a deacon, right? Everybody who is a deacon, whether you're the pope or a permanent deacon, you're called to serve, not be served. And I think that's a good point. What role does the wife play in this whole process? Interesting question. Uh, First of all, the wife has to be supportive of the husband going into formation to be a deacon. Every year that he is in formation, a letter from her, handwritten to the archbishop, must state that she agrees with her husband continuing in formation. If there is any point in time where she disagrees and states so, the man is done. Well, I think that's a good point, right? So somebody just can't go off, hey, hon, I'm going to go be a deacon. That's right. And she's like, no, I don't think so. There, it is, uh, you know, your first vocation is to your marriage. Absolutely. And so you got to be yeah. on the same page with that. That's critical. You know, we talk about that a lot in our spirituality here and throughout formation is your first vocation is your marriage, and that's a priority that you can never forget. Uh, if you are, God willing, ordained a deacon, uh, you must very much remember that same first vocation that you have. And you have to learn how to say no. There are times when you just want to jump in and help and serve everyone. It's not possible. And the wife will probably be the first one to tell you you need to back off. Uh, Your wife is such an important support individual for a deacon. Uh, In fact, she goes through formation as well. Uh, Quarterly, the wives are brought in, and there are special classes just for the wives so that they understand the transition, and it is a transition that her husband is going through as he he develops his spirituality and, and gets closer and closer to the servant Christ. And with her classes, she gets an opportunity to grow in her spirituality as well, right? So it's not like she's standing still and he's moving forward. They're moving together that's, on different tracks. That's what we, that's what we plan to have happen. Uh, and it's interesting, I was having this discussion with the uh, former director of the St. Francis School of Theology for Deacons, Deacon Don St. Louis, and we talked about uh, our wives. And I looked at him and I said, I think my wife is more spiritual than I am. And he just looked at me with this very serious but smile on his face and he said, I know she is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even bringing that up because I know that answer in my household too, so... Uh, but I think it's important. It is you're together in this. This is you must be. This isn't you know kind of you're going off doing your own thing. It cannot be go off and do your own thing. Um, uh, if you think that that is something that you can do, you will soon find that it does not help your marriage, your first vocation. Right. So I think that's important to remember. Uh, just as a reminder, you're listening to Respect Life Radio. Our special guest today is Deacon Bob Hoffman. We're talking about the diaconate and the new class that's getting ready to start, how to discern being a deacon. If somebody is interested, I neglected to do this in the beginning, what's the website they would go to, or how can they contact you or the office to find out more information about the retreats or just more information in general? 
Well, the website that you can go to is www.sjvdenver.edu forward slash deacons, D-E-A-C-O-N-S. Okay, so it's www.sjvdenver.edu slash deacons, D-E-A-C-O-N-S. Not like I see it spelled sometimes. People like to take out the uh, A. Um, so it's D-E-A-C-O-N-S. And I would encourage anyone who's thought about being a deacon or it's been brought brought up to them maybe by someone else, just go on the website, see what, see what it says, what's going on. You know, a discernment retreat's not a commitment. It's just a way to explore a little more deeply whether this is someplace God's calling you to. And I think... One of the things that that was helpful for me, and I have you know children discern, uh, in religious life, and I know it helped them, is to realize you're not the only one discerning, right? There, you have your team helping people discern, so you're not. It's not all on one person's shoulders. Other people are discerning whether this is a, uh, what God's calling you to as well, right? What we ask men that we have uh, become. Uh, knowledgeable in terms of their desire to go into formation, what we tell them is first take the time to have the discussion, of course, with your your spouse, your, if you're married. And children. And your children, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and I went through that, of course, with my spouse and my children and got interesting reactions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also very much uh, you should be speaking with your pastor. And um, just reviewing with your pastor whether or not he believes you are the type of individual that might make a good deacon, because in the end, he needs to be supporting you with a recommendation letter before. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. that was still happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's still happening. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, that's the process. You, you can go to the website. It shows you how to sign up for a discernment retreat, and those re- retreats are structured to give you the history of the diaconate, it goes through what it is, what, what a deacon is, what a deacon's responsibilities are, and it goes into this in really good detail. And then we have the uh, director of deacons for the archdiocese, Deacon Joe Donahoe. He'll come in and he does a session and says, here's what it's like uh, after you're ordained. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can expect. So we can talk to the men about formation, what happens in formation, and really do that in detail with them. Uh, and then Deacon Joe will talk about what it is to be a deacon, so we can give them the whole picture, the whole route that they might uh, follow. And it is a four-year process, so it's not it something it's, you're discerning throughout the whole process. It's not, hey, I need to make up my mind today. You're absolutely right. You know what? You discern until the moment the archbishop lays his hands on you at holy orders. So, And at any point in time, if you believe that God is saying to you, this is as far as I wanted you to go. Mm-hmm. This is as far as I wanted you to go for your salvation. You can simply step out and say, I think, I think I'm done. So yes, it's a continuous discernment process. Um, when we ask the men to go to their pastors and, and talk about this, really that's, that's part of that beginning discernment. Coming to this retreat, we're going to probably bring up a lot more questions that they thought that they even had. Uh, and they'll start coming out in the discernment retreat. This is a very relaxed atmosphere. 
It goes on Saturdays. It's once a month. Uh, and on the website, you'll see when all the discernment retreats are. There, right. There's one bilingual, and that's in January, on January the 12th. Other than that, they're all English um, discernment retreats. So we start with Mass, uh, Liturgy of the Hours, and then we have two sessions, which we talk about history and the actual uh, schooling and what you would uh, go through. By the way, the schooling is uh, every other weekend, and it's both days on the weekends, and they are full days. Yes, they are. I can attest to that. <laughs> Saturdays are what we call intellectual. It is the same instructors that St. John Vianney Seminary, which, by the way, we are a division of. Mm -hmm. It is the same instructors, the same course material that the seminarians are taught for the priesthood. It's a little bit more compacted, and uh, we identify those things, particular for the diaconate, uh, for the permanent diaconate. But other than that, same material. And on Sundays, we call those spiritual Sundays, and that's where we pay attention to the man's spiritual growth. The first year is what we have is uh, we call a spirituality year. And then you have, uh, at the end of that, there is a decision made by the formation team as they discern whether or not you truly have a calling. And if the decision is that you should continue on, a recommendation is made to the archbishop that you should be called as uh, to candidacy. And then you have three years of candidacy before ordination. Well, one of the things to remember, whether you're discerning religious life, priesthood, the diaconate, that even if you left after two years, that's not a wasted two years, right? That's an opportunity to grow in your spirituality and in your faith. So if you think you're being called, it's not all or nothing. This is God leading you to grow however he wants you to grow, correct? Absolutely. Uh, it will be of probably the most beautiful two years of your spiritual life, I would maybe uh, say. And, mm -hmm. and I know that when I was going through formation, I took it a day at a time. Uh, when men would come up to me and say, so you want to be a deacon? And I'd look at him and I'd say, no, I don't think I want to be a deacon, but I know God's calling me to be here today. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful experience, and, I, and I'm learning more and more about my faith and where God wants me in that relationship with him. And makes you a better husband, a better father, you know, all those things. Uh, God has a plan. We just yeah. need to say yes to that plan. If your mind is open and your heart is open, that's exactly, Deacon, that's exactly what's happening while you're in formation. Uh, there are a number of reasons why men um, drop from formation, and some of them are just the rigors of their life and they can't uh, fit everything in. It's, it's difficult. We expect 20, 25 hours per week. It's like having half of another job. Uh, for the diaconate program in formation, which is close to what you would expect also in your parish uh, if you are ordained, in your parish and your ministries after ordination. Yeah, so, I mean, it is a commitment. If you're wanting to serve, you need to be able to have the time to do that. And if you don't, then that's yeah. something you need to factor in when you're discerning. Oh, you certainly do, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's great for people to, to think about this, but a lot of times, other people may bring it up to you, right? The Lord may send somebody else and say, hey, have you ever thought about being a deacon? And so if you're listening today, and maybe there's someone in your life that you know that you think 
would be a deacon. So it's not only for men listening today, but if if you know somebody and you think, hey, why don't you look into it? You know, maybe the Lord's calling you to kind of kind of get them off get them off the dime a little bit. I'll have to tell you the story of um, how I started thinking about sure. my own uh, diaconate and formation. Yeah, men at my parish, uh, there were three. One of them was a deacon. In fact, two of them were deacons would just walk up to me out of the blue and say, have you ever thought about being a deacon? And, of course, my response was, no. Why are you asking? <laughs> and they, they really didn't have much of an answer. They'd kind of walk away. I'd challenge them and walk away. I was at a prayer meeting once where there were a number of deacons, and they all came over to me at the same time and started praying over me to be a deacon. So they were ganging up on you. They were ganging up on me, wow. yeah. yeah. And I kind of looked at them, and I had this – I know I had this look, guys, really, would you stop it already? Uh, but the Holy Spirit sends these people to you, and so you can't really just brush that off. There is a reason why they felt impelled to say something. It's not because they think they needed more deacons at the parish. It's because they look Although at, that might help them. Well, that could help that parish, yeah. <laughs> but they're not waiting four years for that. But No, and the, but, you know, they're looking at you and they're something, and that is the Holy Spirit is giving this, them this push to say, he needs to hear this. Yeah. And that sometimes we don't listen to the Holy Spirit very well. I know for, for a fact that I have a difficult time at times uh, listening to the Holy Spirit uh, because you, you don't always discern that spirit properly. Right, and it really is relational. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, how do you discern? Absolutely. And isn't that our call at baptism, right? We're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're called to be a light, and some people are called to be a light as a deacon, right? So yep. it, it, everyone's on a different – everyone's called to something different, um, but you need to be open to what that call is. And I think yeah. by sending somebody to us, that's helpful. It kind of wakes us up a little bit. You cannot make assumptions of a man – and that man's life on whether or not he is a deacon material. Right. Uh, if someone were to look at my life and have made an assumption that I, based on it, and they would have been right probably that maybe I wasn't deacon material, um, then, for instance, I was away from the church for 22 years. Now I'm going to broadcast this to everyone. Yeah, well, I'm a convert, so I wasn't even in the church until 99. <laughs> uh, but, but through the prayers of my mother, my wife, who was not even Catholic at the time, and my sister, um, the Holy Spirit started working in me. Um, and I came back into the church, and it uh, was another 20 years before I started considering the call to be a deacon. Yeah, well, what do, what do they say? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Oh, my goodness, yeah. You, you know, he's he's very patient and persistent, <laughs> uh, which is good because a lot of us, you know, again, I'm a convert. I came in in 99. If you'd have told me when I was trading natural gas futures in Houston that I was going to be a deacon, I'd have had you committed, There's let alone even in the church. That's a cutthroat job. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was because of my wife's faith. Mm that I came in, and uh, I'm, because of my wife's faith that we have a Nashville Dominican and a son in seminary, oh, um, you know, not of any of my doing, it was because of her faithfulness, because as a guy, if I if she would have suggested it, I probably wouldn't have done it just because I'm bullheaded, <laughs> uh, and luckily she knew how to play me like a fiddle, and it, and it, and it, and it worked well. Um, I don't believe that. Well, unfortunately, it's true. Uh, but... 
it really is something people need to be open to and understand. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the commitment at church. It fluctuates, you know, depending on what the needs are at the church. Some weeks are busier than others. Some, you know, Easter season's busier than maybe sometime in, in August during ordinary time. But it really is your ability to go out there and, and help with funerals and baptisms and, you know, things that the priest just doesn't always have time to do, correct? Exactly. In fact, there are some specific ministries that you might be assigned at the parish. And by the way, once ordained, uh, you then have a decree from the archbishop as to exactly what you will be doing at the parish. And that's something that is discussed with the pastor beforehand. Uh, depending on the needs of the parish. So, for instance, you may be handling um, marriage prep yep. for the parish or mm-hmm. baptismal um, preparation. You may be handling that. Uh, and certainly the things that you also mentioned, Deacon, uh, in terms of marriages, you, you can assist and witness at marriages. Uh, same thing with funerals and gravesides and uh, bringing Vatican to those that are sick and dying. Um, so, there, yes, there are distinctions that of things you can do and things that only the priest can do it usually it revolves around confession yes That's although somebody a- actually came into the sacristy a couple of weeks ago to me and said uh would you hear my confession? And I said, well, you said yes. I, right. I said I could, but I can't grant absolution. <laughs> and I don't know that you really want me hearing about it. Oh, 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 sorry. I thought you were, I thought you were the priest. So we do dress like priests. It is the, yep. the, the diaconate cross that makes the difference. So you got to have to look for that. Yes. Uh, so when you go out in public, we hear quite often, hey, Father. And sometimes you just keep going because you don't have time to, to explain it. But the diaconate is a specific ministry. And so we have a little less than a minute to go. Um, again, can you give the information if somebody's interested in, in one of these retreats or want to, gives the, want to give the information to someone else? Yes. The uh, website that you would go to is the www.sjvdenver.edu slash deacons, and that's D-E-A-C-O-N-S. If you want to call, uh, we can walk you through the website and give you the instructions, and that number is 303-715-3236. And again, this just signs you up for a discernment retreat. It is meant to help you in your discernment process if you believe that God is calling you to be a deacon. Well, Seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. If he's sending you people, at least pray about it. Talk to your wife. Bob, thanks for coming in and uh, appreciate all your time. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me.